Welcome to Leatherbread, the podcast for fantasy football. Now, introducing your host, Hunter Slapdog Amaruso and Matthew Scotty Hopemeyer. Hello, you beautiful brainiacs. It is Slapdog, and I am joined here today by Scott Del Rey. Scotty, I I feel like half the time I'm recording, I'm in hotel rooms nowadays. Yeah, you live the life of a, uh, a businessman who is hiding an affair from his family. Don't tell my girlfriend that. But um, I'm in a hotel room. I um it's a very ugly hotel I'm excited. Room. Yeah, the color scheme is not great. Um the lighting isn't too bad though. I think it you can really see the pores on my face. Oh. Um as well as the fact that I need a haircut and probably also need to shave. Um however, welcome to Leather Brains. If this is your first time here, if you're a return listener, then you know the spiel. But we're here to help uh, help win some uh, some fantasy football championships and talk about uh, the NFL. So some things happened, and I think we just should probably get down to business. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. Scotty, tee us off. Take us away. Bring the business to the brainiacs. The business. I'm gonna give you the business here. Oh God. First things first, uh, the great, the powerful Trevor Simeon <laughs> has signed with the Bears. Um, obviously, going to play a backup role Sorry. to uh, to Fields. <laughs> Sorry, what's going on there, guy? <laughs> My watch, it, I it's I was accidentally holding the button down, um, and she didn't know what we were talking about. So, mm. my apologies. Yeah, Siri. Um, but anyway, so Trevor Simeon signed with the Bears to play a backup role for Fields. Um, the question is, uh, where does Nick Foles go? Uh, Nick Foles um, been in the backup role there for a little bit, but he is a high enough caliber quarterback to probably find. Was a, Nick Foles with the Bears? Uh, according to the article I read, is Nick Foles? What happened to uh, Andy Dalton? I don't know. Nick maybe I Foles. maybe I read some fake news today. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. No, he is with the Bears. I had no clue he was with the Bears. Uh, yes. So the article I read is correct. Um, but yeah, so the question is now, with a couple other teams still looking for some quarterbacks, hmm. either long-term or bridge quarterbacks, is he going to find a new home? Is he going to be a starting role? Is he going to be a backup somewhere? Is he just going to drop out of existence for all of eternity? Uh, we don't know. I think he'll be a backup. I think there's there are some other quarterbacks that are currently out there that um, will find homes before Nick Foles. Not that he won't be a backup somewhere, but as far as starting position, I just don't see it. You still have the likes of Baker Mayfield, who um, I believe the the Browns had come out today. Um, and I'd have to go look through this. It's been quite the day for myself. Um, and had said something about uh, that they wanted to, or they were coming to a conclusion with, with Baker. So um, if you are a Baker owner in fantasy football, you're hoping that they they find a place for him. Um, but Baker Mayfield is, is still, he's not a free agent, but likely will be traded. Um, as well as Jimmy Garoppolo was another one. And I there was an article that I, or, uh, a tweet that was sent out, um, I believe it was yesterday, actually. And it was the NFL teams were meeting somewhere. And and pretty much the, the conclusion was, um, with the tweet about Jimmy Garoppolo, was stating that they're going to kind of wait and see um, you know, where he, they're not super keen on selling him, um, because they see value in him. So they want to make sure that they get value for him. And so they're, they're okay with holding on to him. I think that is really, really interesting for Trey Lance. And and if you're a Trey Lance owner and in this off season, I think a lot of people have went out and said, go buy Trey Lance, go buy Trey Lance, go buy Trey Lance. And what does this mean for Trey Lance? If, if Jimmy G doesn't get traded, um, I think there is a little bit of a hesitation or nervousness there, and I, as maybe there should be, because um, you hope that it's Trey Lance, and it, I, I think it should be Trey Lance. Um, but will it be Trey Lance? And I think that is that is the question at hand. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it'll be an interesting situation. I think everyone expected Garoppolo to be gone by now. I I have 100%. I mean, it, it was right after their um, – I don't even think the Super Bowl had happened yet when they came out and said, yeah, we're going to sell Jimmy Garoppolo. So they went out and said that pretty early on. And, uh, yeah, and, and I, now I don't I don't know. I don't know. I'm not super high on Jimmy G. I never really have been. Um not in as far as worth is concerned, I didn't really see him as having incredible worth. Um, and maybe NFL teams kind of think the same and they don't really want to spend high on him because they don't think it's worth it. But is Drew Locke really going to be Seattle's quarterback? That's that is the question that we need to be asking mm-hmm. ourselves is Drew Locke going to play? QB one for Seattle. So if all th- because all things are equal and you are the front office of Seattle, are you taking Drew Locke, Baker Mayfield, or Jimmy G? I I would I would like to have Baker Mayfield. Um, and I've I've said it on previous episodes. I think Baker Mayfield would be the best fit for Seattle because the only other home that's really looking for a quarterback right now is Carolina, and Carolina has come out and said we don't want Baker Mayfield, and Baker Mayfield said I don't want you. So it was kind of a I mean that was that was that was a moot point. So where else would Baker Mayfield go where he would start? That's the question at hand. And if I was Seattle, between those three quarterbacks, I think I'd want Baker Mayfield because you're going to have to trade to get him, right? He he still has a contract with the Browns, but the Browns do not they got Watson. So I, I mean that's it's case in point. Baker Mayfield is not going to be their starter. Are they just going to have Baker Mayfield ride the bench as a backup? They could or they could try and sell him where he still has some value. So I don't think Seattle is going to spend a shit ton on him because I think they, they're probably going to maybe draft a quarterback. I don't know. But he, he's got one contract year left on his contract with the Browns. So if he signs somewhere else, it's a win-win because if they don't spend a shit ton on him and they give you know a, a fourth or a fifth round pick or somewhere, you know something along those odds, Seattle giving to, to the Browns, then – you have a quarterback that you you have for this year who has been playing in the NFL, has been relevant in the NFL, and is not a great quarterback, but he's not a bad one either. And guess what? What happens if he does do well with with Seattle? Then they can re-sign him and they have a quarterback. And if they choose that they, they don't want to, they have him for this last contract year and then he's done. And then you can explore your other options, but Drew Locke isn't the answer. I don't. I, I think it would be foolish for Seattle, but we've seen what Drew Locke is, and it's not great. And if I had to choose between wanting Drew Locke or Baker Mayfield, I'm taking Baker Mayfield every time. Yeah, I think the real surprise came from Atlanta when they decided to go with uh, Marcus Mariota instead of trying to find. Yeah, you know, would would you rather yes. have Mariota or Baker Mayfield? And I think most people would say Baker Mayfield, uh, although they do have a lot of the same positives they, they do have kind of the same upside in terms of their skill set and what they're what they're good at but Baker Mayfield has been in this starting role more recently uh, than Marcus Mariota um, so that that is kind of surprising with Baker Mayfield on the table they decided to go with the uh, you know more more clean cut less uh, dramatic Mariota yes and and I will say Mariota did look there was a game in which he he I think Derek Carr was out for that game for injury um and Mariota, he he didn't look bad. I, he, truthfully, he did not look terrible in that game. So, um, but the same thing could be said for Gardner Minshew. He played a game this last year when Jalen Hurts got hurt. <laughs> Say that twice, um, and he looked good. I mean, Gardner Minshew looked good that game. And maybe you know, maybe you could blame it on well, the defense really hadn't seen him play with the Eagles, and so they couldn't scheme for him or X, Y, and Z. You can make those arguments, but. Um, I thought he looked pretty sharp, and I thought Gardner Minshew was was kind of a sleeper uh, addition to a team where he could, you know, have won that that quarterback roulette situation that's played out this year, and and it doesn't seem like that's that's too likely at this point. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think the Falcons signing Mariota was was a little bit eye opener. Um, I would not have guessed that one necessarily, but um, I think it, it was good for Matt Ryan. Because the Falcons right now are in shambles as far as offensively. They have Kyle Pitts, and and that's it. And then they have uh, an aging running back who decided at the end of his career he was going to go off um, and has been. So it's it's a messy situation. 
you know, with the whole Ridley thing and all, all of that. So it's good for Matt Ryan and it's good for the Colts because they needed a game manager and that's what Matt Ryan will be. He will be that person who hands the ball off to John Taylor 20 times a game and can still make the throws that are needed down the field when they need him to. So I think it, it, it was good for both parties um, and hopefully the Falcons I mean, they know that they're in a shitty situation. They're not in a situation in which they're going to compete. So why not get a guy that's cheap that can be your filler while you try and figure out what the hell to do with your team? Yeah. So all that is to say uh, Trevor Simeon signed with the Bears. (laughs) Very important news to take away. Uh, Moving on here, we have uh, Gronk. Uh, Still not officially back with the Buccaneers yet. Uh, However, there was a video that was getting shared around on social media where he was in like an auto parts store, like a, I don't know, it looked like a Jensen Tire Was it like his USA commercial? No, I don't think so. USAA. You could definitely tell he wasn't acting because there's a huge difference between actual Gronk Gronk and acting Gronk. Um, (laughs) But no, there are a couple guys in the waiting room of wherever he was at that said, so are you, you know, what are you doing? Are you staying uh, staying with the Bucks? Uh, and he goes, well, I'm probably just going to make Tom Brady sweat a little bit, but uh, but yeah, yeah. And so he, he said something along those lines. So uh, it seems as though, uh, as of right now, based on that sketchy internet video, uh, that Gronk will likely be returning. So take that as a as a uh, reliable source, if you will. I I think that would uh, he's going to come back. He's going to come back. Him and Tom Brady at the end of the season said, let's make all of the NFL sweat a little bit on both of our returns, but let's both come back and play some football. That, that conversation happened. Oh, for sure. Um, in a smoky room somewhere. Yeah. There's cigars in, in there. Well, Tom Brady is probably like too healthy for cigars, but Gronk is not. Gronk had two cigars in hand, one for him and one for Tom. You're right. You, you get a couple, a um, uh, couple margaritas into Tom Brady and he'll do anything. That's true. He'll throw some trophies off some boats. Um, yeah. So, Gronk's coming back, um, and he's going to be with Brady. I think that's. I think it's. It's going to happen. Right? So I'm not necessarily surprised by this. I assume at this point that most people have that same assumption. Mm-hmm. Um, the second grand jury uh, has decided not to indict uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, which is pretty much definitively saying, "Hey, there aren't enough. Uh, there isn't enough truth to these allegations uh, in order to charge him criminally." Um, so he may have some civil suits and so on down the line, but now with two grand juries basically saying, okay, this guy doesn't need to be charged criminally. Got to make you feel a little bit safer about Watson. I did not know. I am no, um, law professional. Um, but I didn't know there was two grand juries. I thought once the grand jury said you were good to go, you're good to go. I didn't know you had to get another grand jury to say you were. Well, it's just because there were so many different allegations. So you can have, Mm. you can have a grand jury per allegation, um, so I think some oh, wow. of them were made in certain areas, and I don't really know how it works either. But because there were so many, it opened it up to the possibility of being indicted from a second grand jury. Um, I see. So, But yeah, so he was cleared on that. So you're feeling good about Watson okay. so far. Um, MVS officially signs with the Chiefs. We talked about this last week, um, about it being a likelihood because the Chiefs were talking about it a lot. Um, so the question now is, does this mean that the Chiefs wide receiver core is the best wide receiver core the NFL has ever seen in the history of football? The answer is no. <laughs> the answer, the, the quick answer is no. All right. I guess we'll just move on then. Uh, LaVisca Chenault <laughs> is also a possible Chiefs target. We've seen some rumbling about this. Nothing official yet, but it's clear that the Chiefs are doing everything that they can to fill the void left by Tyreek Hill. Almost. And there's, there is no one player, there is no two players that can replace Tyreek Hill in any given offense, um, especially not one that the Chiefs have where they're built around speed. Um, but you know, they're putting some names on the field, some role players that I think will be good additions to the offense. Um, it will allow for, uh, for Travis Kelsey to not be, you know, triple teamed on every single offensive snap. Um, so I think they're doing their best to make the right moves here. I look, I, you and I had gotten into, uh, a scuffle about the chiefs offense and, and where it is currently at. Um, there are very few people that could you could take Tyreek Hill away and give someone else that would sufficiently replace him. Um, I, I, there's just not a lot of, of players that can do that. I think there are a couple, but none that, that the Chiefs are going to obtain. If I were a Chiefs fan, I would hope that 
the Chiefs go and get a wide receiver in this draft. Um, that That's what I think they need to do, and I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of who it might be. Um, but I think it's very, very evident. I think not only did the Chiefs do that, but I think it would be a pretty bonehead move. There's a couple teams right now that are desperate for receivers. The Chiefs, I won't put them on desperate watch yet, but I'm going to put them on a – it would be a smart decision for them to do. Green Bay – Green Bay is desperate for a receiver with the loss of Devontae Adams at the MVS coming here. The only receiver that Green Bay has right now is Alan Lazard. Yeah, but that's not a good look. He is a man. He is a tank. He'll put the team on not, his back. He is not a Devontae Adams. And no he's Devontae Adams, another one of those players that it's going to be extremely hard to fill that void. So Green Bay needs some receivers, and I think they will probably get one in the draft. Another team that needs a receiver is the Falcons. Calvin Ridley is not playing this year. Um, all they really have is Kyle Pitts. Russell Gage went to Tampa Bay. So who's going to be catching balls there? They need a receiver. Um, the Colts, I think, need a receiver. They've got Michael Pittman, and that's really about it as far as people are concerned. Um, so there are teams out there that need receivers. Um, the Chiefs, I won't put on desperate watch just yet. But I could see them trying to obtain one in the draft. Yeah. Um, well, especially with with them. Juju's in- injury history, they really have to work hard to have a plan B there. Because um, if he's not able to stay healthy, that's really going to hinder that offense. Um, you know. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk more about the Chiefs in uh, Scotty's Army segment coming up. So okay. that's a little tease. Okay. Um, all right. All right. Well, I guess one last thing with the Chiefs is that Rojo officially signed. That's another one we talked about the possibility of happening on last episode. It is official now. So finally, Hunter, you do not have to bitch and moan about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire quite as much because he's going to be sharing touches with Rojo. As I believe he should be. Um, I Can I talk about this here or should we wait for Scotty's Army? No, you can talk about it. Okay. I like this a lot. I stated this this on one of our previous episodes. The the move for Rojo to the Chiefs, I think, was a great move um, for for both parties. For the Chiefs, I think that gives you a more solid runner that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is not. He's not a solid runner. He's kind of a pass-catching back that um, doesn't receive the looks that, that he should because you have Patrick Mahomes scrambling as much as he does, and his checkdowns are not to his running back but to Travis Kelsey. Ronald Jones, um, he's one of those hard-hitting running backs who will lower his shoulders and and get you those extra yards. And I think it will help alleviate some of um, past injury with Clyde Edwards-Alaire being able to split time and split the backfield a little bit more, I think is good. Rojo was a little bit banged up, not this last year, but um, back in 2020, he got a little banged up, and that's kind of what led to, to to play off Lenny, as we call him, Leonard Fournette, kind of stepping up and taking taking control of that backfield, and that's what Leonard Fournette did all last year. So Rojo was kind of obsolete. I think he will have value here. I think the Chiefs traditionally do not have a very strong run game, and I think this will help their run game just a little bit more. So I, I, I like this move. Well, not only that, but the Chiefs desperately needed somebody with the loss of a couple of their other running backs. You, know, you can't expect Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to sit back in the pocket and block for Patrick Mahomes. He's too small. No. Um, so you definitely needed someone at the very least that could offer a little bit more protection. Uh, you know, if you only have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire back there, that's going to force you a lot of times to use Travis Kelsey. Um, and obviously you want him running downfield. So having Rojo back there makes a big difference in that regard as well. So I think it's going to be a positive move. I agree. The most important news of the day, not football related, but something that everyone, everyone is talking about, um, is the whole Will Smith incident. Now, if you were one of the 13 total people who actually watched the Oscars, um, if you're one of these people, one of the few people in the country who loves to spend two hours of their life being lectured by Hollywood millionaires about how you should live, um, it's at this, at, 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 you're one of the people who got to witness this live, this event. And if you haven't seen it, which I can't believe you haven't seen it, I imagine everybody has, uh, Will Smith decided to smack the living shit out of Chris Rock because Chris Rock made a joke about his wife. Yes, <laughs> that happened. <laughs> Look, I here's. I, I don't really get into the the whole media thing. I saw it, it happen last night. Um, in a couple things went through my mind. Chris Rock is a comedian. He was making a joke. 
and I understand that um, he upset Will Smith. And and here's here's some of the things that I want to know. Did he know about the alopecia? I think is what it's called, or whatever the hair loss thing is with Jada Jada Pinkett Smith, or whatever the hell her name is. Did he know about that? Because if not, he probably was just making a joke for laughs, and and it was just kind of comedic. I don't know the answer to that because I don't really follow any of this. The other thing is Will Smith's wife cheated on him and made him a like a a me a, a viral meme of him crying because of that. So I I don't know, man. I just the whole thing's weird to me, and uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I don't know what to think, and I. I don't really care that much, <laughs> but it is kind of, it's a little interesting. We're talking about it. So there's some interest level there. To, to some uh, it, it's the most exciting thing that's happened at a Hollywood award show in the last 50 years, for sure. No, uh, there was the whole, I'm gonna let you finish, but that's, yeah. I would rank that somewhere in this vicinity. You think that is even in the same ballpark as Will Smith standing up from a crowd of people and physically assaulting the person hosting the award show. Well, I'll put that above. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> well, here, here's the takeaway. Uh, Will Smith has been an asshole for a very long time. And I really want to love him because he's such a great actor and he's in so many great movies. So, you know, the fresh Prince of Bel-Air is like the, my childhood show. I used to watch that every single day and I still watch episodes. It's awesome. And you really want to like Will Smith, but especially with the whole, uh, you know, Will Smith becoming a cuckold, and like openly, like it's not, it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, this happened and I'm really ashamed of it. It's like he did interviews about it and he and Jada like sat down at tables and recorded themselves talking about it. Like just very, very weird. Um, and, yeah. and there's one thing to take away as well that Will Smith will not stand for you making a joke about his wife, but you're definitely allowed to bang her. So you got to keep that in mind. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about where I'm like, man, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know how I should feel about this because I don't really care. But why does like, she has made a fool of you. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. Well, the, the key takeaway is that Will Smith is just another spoiled millionaire who feels like he can't take a joke from a stand-up comedian. And there are cultural implications to this too, because comedians are the people who are allowed to say the things that the rest of us aren't allowed to say. And it's a very important role in any society that you have somebody willing to stand up and say the truth. And granted, this was just a dumb joke. And Will Smith as, and, and even Jada, oh, okay, you have alopecia. That sucks. He made a joke about it. Chill the fuck out. Like, it's not the end of the world. You're a millionaire. You can go home to your mansion and still live the best life that anyone on planet Earth could ever dream of living. So just stop being a little pansy ass about it and get over it. And I, uh, Chris Rock said he's not going to file charges, which is also the right move because you don't want to file charges about every little scuffle that happens. But you have to imagine that, that that's a very embarrassing thing for him when he's just up there. Can you imagine getting smacked in the face by Will Smith and then having to continue doing the award show? That made me like Chris Rock a little bit more, I think, because, yeah, like that is an embarrassing thing for, to happen to you. And then to just be calm and collected enough to just keep going. That's pretty cool, and and I uh, that made me like Chris Rock just a little bit more mm-hmm. well, because of of the ability to just brush it off. And the fact that he was able to brush it off shows that Will Smith slaps like a cuck. So <laughs> you definitely don't have to be afraid of that. That's yeah. That was I hadn't even thought about that. So <laughs> all right, we're <laughs> we can move along here. Are, are we classifying this next uh, next bit of information as Yeti's titties? the answer is yes the answer is yes however i uh we still don't have a drop so um we'll work on that but for right now that is um that is the drop and this is yeti's titties as in tidbits of information to make you fantasy football players think a little bit here. So today I want to talk about Cincinnati's O-line um, and the implications that that brings with it. So um, nobody plays with offensive linemen in fantasy football that I am aware of. If you do, as a former offensive lineman, I love it. But 
as a fantasy football player, it's probably pretty stupid, so I don't recommend it. However, there's huge implications here. So uh, a lot of talk has been made about Burrow having more time to throw. Um, you know, he was the most sacked quarterback this last year, and that is – I just burped, and that was disgusting. But there's <laughs> – there's, um, that in and of itself is pretty crazy for how far of a run they made with being the most sacked quarterback – that also speaks to his health because he he tore his ACL that um, back in 2020 and he came back and he looked great. But if you can't keep Joe Burrow healthy, then you're not going to have a good. You, the Bengals will not continue to be successful, and that's the the Bengals realized that they went and got some offensive pieces, offensive line pieces to help with that. But I want to talk about Mixon just a little bit, Joe Mixon, um, because I think that there there is pretty big fantasy implications here as well he in 2021 he finished with 292 carries and 1200 rushing yards um that that means he was the third best in the nfl in both rushing and uh and carries so that he joe mixon was a beast last year and if you had joe mixon in your league you were very content um i believe there was a, a short stint where he was injured for a week or two or or out but for the most part joe burrow uh or joe burrow excuse me joe mixon was great you you saw a little bit of of samaj p ryan in there but it was mostly the joe burrow show and it was great so it cincinnati they they got a new right tackle um new two new right tackles um reef and prince and they had uh, grades of 67.3 and 42.2 um they got new guards um, and I'm going to butcher the shit out of this, so be prepared. Carmen and Adinji um, had grades of 54.2 and 43, um, and then they have an incoming center of Karras. Uh, he was graded 72.9, um, and he's graded as a much better pass blocker than a run blocker, but he's switching positions um, from guard to center this year. Um, and then there's some incoming rookies that are graded very, very well in both Kappa and Collins. So... Um, they have a bunch of new starters in this in in these positions here at O line, and I think that is going to elevate that entire offense because when you you know we we kind of joked last week about or last episode excuse me about Tua and how how he was throwing the ball so quickly and how he wasn't making the long the long throws, but it was due to could be due to the fact that he uh, he he didn't have enough time, and I think that we will see this offense elevated both running and passing wise because Joe Burrow is going to have more time in the pocket when he's sitting there getting clobbered constantly as the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. That says one or two things that says either he's holding the ball too long or he doesn't have enough time and and you can make an argument for both. But I think that him having more time will help those receivers and it will also help Joe Mixon because I think that if they can upgrade their run game, it'll be great. So yeah, definitely. I, I think Joe Mixon is the, uh, um, you know, bec- because of the how often Joe Burrow was being sacked last year, the offensive line and, and the benefit of getting a bunch of new good offensive linemen, everyone is talking about how it's going to impact Joe Burrow. Uh, but Joe Mixon is uh, likely going to see a, a pretty large uptick from an already impressive performance last year. Um, and yeah. so you, you have to be happy about that. I think Joe Mixon has got to be uh, a sought after fantasy pick yeah i i would agree and um i think if you own joe mixon you're pretty excited about this upcoming year i know i own him in a dynasty league and i i am excited about that that prospect because um all things are looking great for for the Bengals right now their entire offense i think is is um in a very very good spot and i'm excited to see what they do this year um i think that there is it's going to be really fun definitely All right, so before we move on here, I have to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts. It is called Another Turnover, a podcast all about the NBA. And if you are a fan of the NBA, you know the league is full of fast-paced gameplay and thrilling stories. And if you want to keep up with that gameplay and those thrilling stories uh, and all of the latest updates, you need to tune in to a fun-filled podcast called Another Turnover, hosted by Chris A. A. Ron Murphy. And unlike the typical basketball analysis that most people are familiar with, uh, this show is completely from the perspective of a basketball fan. And as Chris 
jokingly says, you know, he's a basketball fan with zero credibility, but again, you only have to listen to it one time to know that he's just being modest. So check out new episodes of your favorite or on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube and be sure to follow the show on all social media platforms at another turnover. You do not want to miss it. All righty. And now I think we are going to move to the smoke show. Hold on, I'm getting my glasses on. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> we're not we're not doing an audio show or anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, if if you're listening to me rustle with my glasses, that's what that is, and you're just gonna have to be patient. <laughs> Um, okay, so not a whole lot of news here coming from the Smoke Show. Uh, we have got more votes, obviously, on the final finale. And if you, this is the first time you're listening to us, we did a March Madness-style bracket with NFL wives and fiancés, ranking them on their attractiveness like the dirtbags we are. Uh, and we have made it all the way through the bracket up into the championship. And the championship will be decided by our listeners, by our followers on Twitter. Uh, the championship is between Jordan Poyer's wife and Baker Mayfield's wife. Um, And uh, last episode, we discussed that Jordan Poyer's wife had a sizable lead, and that sizable lead pretty much has not changed, even with the more votes. She's garnered about 65% of the votes for Jordan Poyer's wife. Um, And so it seems like you and your pitch for Baker Mayfield's wife last week uh, did not pan out very well thus far, but there's still one more day. There is, and it is pinned on our Twitter profile, so... If you're on Twitter and you're not following us, first and foremost, go do that because that is just a silly thing to not be doing. Um, and then uh, vote. It is our pinned tweet. Um, and give your vote as to who the Smoke Show showdown would be. Yep. Yep. yep That's yep. my pitch. We got one day, one day left. So make sure your voice is heard and it will be decided. But as of right now, it's looking like Jordan Poyer's wife has it pretty much locked up. She is a beautiful woman, so I understand it. Um, All right. I think uh, we're going to go ahead and get into uh, Scott Del Rey's army here. I don't know. I just get goosebumps. Do you do you talk to Marcus before this and like this is what we're going to get him for this week? I know he's Marcus is your lieutenant, I believe. I don't know what his title yeah, is. Yeah, well, he wants to be called something else, but because he's my lieutenant and I respect him greatly, but he is uh, my subordinate, so he will take whatever name <laughs> I give him. Uh, and also, we're so close, we actually don't have to communicate. We just telepathically, we're on the same page oh. all the time. Okay. That's how tight-knit right. Scotty's army is. Uh, and the okay. first thing Scotty's army wanted to bring to the forefront, and again, the point of this is to make you look bad, uh, because you have let down so many of our listeners, so many of our followers, by not giving them free jerseys, mm. and they're upset about it, and so this yeah. is the beginning of the end for you. This is us taking you down and removing you from power. I, I want our listeners to know I I am going into this blind. All it says is Scotty's army on the show docket, so... Um, I have no time to defend myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, a good army never, never. Uh, um, what, this is a sneak attack. Yeah, it's it's an ambush for sure. We don't want to uh, telegraph our uh, our next moves. Uh, but the first thing I'm going to start with is what we just talked about: the smoke show showdown. Right. Y- okay. You have decided for some unknown reason that Baker Mayfield's wife is hotter than Jordan Poyer's wife, which is just an objectively ridiculous thing to think. And all of our followers have my back on this. You have been uh, proven that you're blind or dumb or one, one of the two uh, because you're clearly <laughs> you're clearly you do not have the correct opinion about how smoking hot Jordan Poyer's wife actually is. Let me go look <laughs> because I've looked at the same the same like two or three pictures of her throughout the entirety of this and I need she looks like someone who can oh, she is pretty attractive. <laughs> she is pretty attractive but she just looks too fake for me 
if that makes sense. It does not. She looks no, it it well that's me. <laughs> that's why I said it. She just looks too fake for me. So she looks like she has had quite a bit of work done. And I look, I am not saying there's anything wrong with getting some work done. I need it myself. But Emily just looks more natural. And I feel weird saying her by first name like I know her because I don't. (laughs) But she just looks more natural. So that is my thought. They are both. Look, we can't sit here and argue that neither are beautiful women because they wouldn't be in the finals of the Smoke Show Showdown if they were not. So I'm not saying Rachel Bush is ugly. That's just absurd. But what I am saying is she just looks a little bit more fake than what I am looking for in a lady. And for that reason, I've chosen Emily. Yeah. Who is also a beautiful woman. Yeah, it's it's for all those reasons that you are uh, uh, incorrect, and the uh, the brainiacs that follow us are proving it every day. And also, if you're one of the other brainiacs who voted for Emily, then you are of course banned from the show because we need to slowly weed out all the people who agree with you on any given thing. Well, then we're gonna lose a lot of people because I am very intelligent. Not according to the poll. Not very many of them. That's objective. Everything else? What else? Is it, do you have any other ammo to shoot at? Uh, yeah, I do, because I believe the exact quote from last episode was, uh, Tyree Kill could be slow as shit. <laughs> and it just so happens yeah. that there was uh, some discussion about how fast Tyree Kill is on Twitter, <laughs> I think like eight minutes after we posted that episode, uh, when someone yeah. caught, what was it, like 23 miles an hour or 22 miles an hour right. or something? And there's I there's only know. been one player, one player that has been clocked at a faster speed, and guess who it was? MVS on the field. Look, <laughs> um, I mostly said that as a joke. Um, obviously, uh, he is very fast, um, and I I stand corrected. Right after that. Right after I said that, like you said, then a tweet was posted about his clock speed on the field when he was running a route. He's very fast. I said could be slow. <laughs> we just didn't know. Well, And it, now we know he's still very fast. If you end your sentence with I stand corrected, I'm going to chalk that up as a W for Scotty's army. I, I won't say it. You already did. <laughs> so I, it counts. Whatever. I don't. I. I think there's way more things that you could clock me on being wrong for. I think this one is is small because I just said he could be slow. We just didn't know. You're not so getting out I, of this on a technicality, my guy. Scotty's army. I think I should holds back. Not now, at all. Now, I've I have stated. I think Baker Mayfield ends up with Seattle. If he doesn't, shoot me. Yeah. But, like hypothetical. Well, here, oh yeah, yeah. Um, but the uh, you know the thing is in the off season, there aren't a ton of predictions to be made. We're just getting our wheels turning with Scotty's army. The mm. the, the tanks are just rolling off the assembly line right now, and gotcha. so we have to wait until we get By the some time more regular predictions. Regular season comes around, and I can we can do like starts and sits of the week and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, that will you will have probably have a little bit more ammunition. Hopefully, not much. Well, that's the intent. We'll see. We'll see. But the uh, the final thing yeah. I have here is uh, the way that you characterized my discussion about the Chiefs offense on Twitter. You called it. Uh, y- your exact quote was something like, uh, "The man behind the Chiefs' sadness is Matt Holtmeyer," and then you tagged me um, as yes. though the Chiefs are at all sad. They willingly traded Tyreek Hill away. They're filling the void. They're doing fine. They're not sad. No, 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 no. I meant as a Chiefs fan, you were probably sad. Uh, And and maybe I I stand corrected here. Oh, there it is again. Oh, I don't know how sad you are. Are you (laughs) sad that Hill left? (laughs) Um, No. You're not sad at all that Hill left. Well, you have to be a little sad. Well, sad is, is a strong word. See? No. (laughs) Do here. So. Am I disappointed that Hill is entering the time in his life where he will no longer be in his prime? Sure. I can't fit all that in a tweet. Yeah, I'm going to be – I'm upset at the basic so, facts of biology and, and life that people get old and eventually they slowly stop 
uh, stop producing as much as they once did. So sure, I'm sad about that. But the move okay. that the Chiefs made was a smart move, and it came it came as a surprise. But Tyreek Hill needed to be sold while he still had a ton of value. They were able to get a ton of picks for him, and they're slowly building up a solid offense um, and and a solid receiver core. So I am not at all sad. Scott O'Reilly. Scott O'Reilly. I agree with everything that you just said. All right. Well, I do. That's a. I really do. That's a bullet. I. No, because I, I would have agreed to that beforehand. No, I think Hill leaving was the right call. It, it 100% was because he's 28 years old. He is still a, an elite receiver. And while you still have him as an elite receiver, it, yeah, you should see what he's worth and see if you can get something for him. I am happy that the Chiefs sold him because of the 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 picks that you got for him will hopefully amount to something that that team desperately needs your guys's defense at the beginning of the year was not very good. It was actually just bad, but it, it got better. And, and so you need some youth, you need some talent in, in some different areas and hopefully those picks will get them for you. So I, I like the fact that he was sold and, and I think it was the right move. And I'm, I'm excited to see Hill with the Dolph. I, truth be told, I am. I'm very excited to see um, to see Hill with the Dolphins and see how he is able to play with a different quarterback. Yeah, we'll see. And, and so we, we will see. So I, I I am excited for both parties. And and you know what I, I will say about this is, is the Chiefs really haven't had a good wide receiver too. They haven't. It's been it's been Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. So if you're able to sell Tyreek Hill, and obviously you still have Travis Kelsey, so he's he's set there. But what happens if you have two decent wide receiver pieces instead of one really good one, you know, like Juju. I, 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 Juju and MVS, uh, neither of them are as good as Tyreek Hill, but they're both decent players. And let's see what they're able to do with an offense in which they have more talented players, just less elite talented players, mm. if that makes sense. So so I'm excited for it. Yeah, definitely. Well, I uh, two of the three of those, I got you to say I stand corrected. So I uh, I take that as a, as a victory for Scotty's Army. So I think we can move on to questions. Okay, then let's move on. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. I really hope we don't get copyright infringement. <laughs> that's that's part of the thing that I think of every time that drops. Can you imagine what what's the guy's name that does Blues Clues? Is it Steve? Yeah. Yeah. What if my boy Steve? What if Steve kicks down your front door with a hand count? <coughs> I'd say Steve, what are you doing here, man? Yeah, and he's not there to ask questions. He's there to take fucking names and take back his drop. Uh, sounds like he's a part of Scotty's army. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be a good recruit. I'm gonna have to reach out to them. Yeah. All right. So the first question, first question comes from NoClick74. He is a repeat question asker. So thank you for listening once again. Are you? Oh, thank you. He asks, are you taking a 201 or James Conner? I am going to take James Conner on this one. Um, I like James Conner and I like the upside that he is going to bring as a full starter for the Cardinals this year. James Conner made what I would consider some of the uh, craziest catches last year. There were multiple times he was making one-handed snags that he had no business making. Um, So he very clearly can catch the ball. And not only that, but he very clearly can run the ball. Um, So James Conner, I think, is is my play here. Um, And I'm not saying that he uh, is a a full play for the next five years because he is 26 years old and that is kind of the point where running backs start to fall off but he he did great he finished the year at rb5 and and so i i am excited for him um and he is who i would pick all right moving on question from j tang 6031 uh he is also wondering about a 201 or this time tom brady uh, he, yeah, there's some more information here that you can touch base on as well. Yes. So his quarterbacks are Lamar Jackson, uh, Tyler Huntley, Dak and Daniel Jones. Um, his 2022 picks are, um, the, the 201 and the 310. Um, 
his running backs are really good, and I won't go down the list, and his wide receivers aren't bad either. Truth be told, man, I don't think I would. I don't think I would. I think I'd keep the 201 because now, and I say this as a clause because I believe this is a super flex league. Um, so you have Lamar Jackson, you're starting. Tyler Huntley is just your backup for Lamar Jackson, which is understandable. Dak Prescott is not a bad quarterback either. So between the two of those, you're fine. And then you have Daniel Jones, which I, that it just I don't, it sounds weird. I don't like the taste of it in my mouth. But Dak Prescott finishes as QB seven, and Lamar um, did not do. Did uh, he not was, do, he was uh, injured for a long time too. But he was he was injured. He finished at quarterback fifteen, but he was injured. And there were multiple weeks where he didn't play. But you have his backup, who actually Tyler Huntley did pretty damn well uh, when he was uh, covering for Lamar. So um, I don't think I would. And the reason being is because it, at that eleventh pick, you will find value. You will find value because uh, there's only nine other teams. So you will land with a startable person if you pick correctly. Um, and I don't, I can't even begin to try and figure out what, you know, where you land at with that. But um, Tom Brady is, he is a, a resource that is depreciating. Um, and not as far as fantasy football, but as far as his age. He's he's still a top producing quarterback and and that is scary. He finished at QB three this last year, which was absolutely mind numbing, um, because he's forty four years old and he is getting older, but he's still doing great. So my worry is that he retires again, and I don't know if that'll be at the end of this year or the end of next year, and that's it's just such a, a hard question to try and figure out that I think I'd rather take the safer play on this one at the 201. Yeah, that's the correct answer. Your quarterback situation is fine. You don't really need to spend high on another quarterback, uh, especially one that may not be on the board next year. Um, So there's there's no real reason to do that. Agreed. No, and I I didn't put it in the show dockets, but I believe um, when I was reading it that your wide receivers would be somebody I'd, I'd look at targeting with that 11th pick. So I don't know. Uh, I can't remember, and it's not on my show docket. But I, I think, my, if memory serves, I was going to suggest potentially looking for a wide receiver. Mm. All right, moving on. We have a question from Arrow Boy: Are you taking Zach Wilson or a one oh one? It's spelled like Aeropostle. Maybe, Just want to throw that. Maybe out he there. loves Aeropostle. Maybe. Maybe he owns it. That'd be really cool. We'll we'll accept you as a sponsor. Um. I'm going to take the 101 on this. I, I don't know what the rest of your team looks like, Mr. Aeropostle, but uh, Zach Wilson, he could do well this year. I don't know, I, I, because when Elijah Moore was there, he actually, Elijah Moore was a freaking monster, and Zach Wilson has the potential to take that second-year leap, but I think I'd rather want the 101 at this point. Yep. Definitely, I agree with that too. Uh, ne- now, go. I'm not sorry to interrupt you, Scotty, but if he does make that second year leap, you know this could be a potential sneaky buy. I just, I don't think I would do it, and I don't know if this is super flex or not either. So I think that also changes things significantly. Mm. But I, I think I'm going to keep the one on one. All right, we got a question from Tony D five one three. Extra points for the rhyme. He is in a 10-team dynasty, super flex, two running back, three wide receiver, three flex league. Are you taking Mike Evans, James Conner, and a 2024 second, or Jerry Judy, David Njoku, a 201, and a 309? Big question. You say David Njoku way better than I do, so I I do want to give you kudos for that. Um, Thank you. I'm very talented. It sounds cool. And humble. Yes, it sounds cool when you say it. Well, uh... Um, <laughs> I, I'm not very keen on David Njoku. Um, so I think I'm going to do Mike Evans, James Connor in the, in the 2024 second. Really? The only thing that I'm interested in in that trade is the 201 and Jerry Judy. Um, those are the things that, that interest me. Um, 
But I think the other side, you get a lot more value there. Mike Evans is going to be playing with Tom Brady again, so you you know that's going to pan off. James Conner was a, an elite running back for fantasy football, and there's every indication says that he will be again this year. And then in 2024, you're getting a second-round pick. So um, that is the side that I think I lean on. Yeah. Do you differ on that opinion, Scotty? Um, I don't think so. The, the problem with the, the Jerry Judy side is there's just too much up in the air. You know, Jerry Judy looks like he could have a great season, but – you know, maybe not. Um, and then David Njoku, every, every year he is someone that is highly targeted because that offense is paying him a bunch of money and it really seems like they want to rely on him and then they don't rely on him. And it's just, it's really hard for fantasy owners. Um, so I think I agree with you that the Mike Evans, James Conner, uh, side is a, is a much safer bet. And it also has, you know, a decent amount of upside as well. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. I am, you know, slightly interested to see um, how this pans out for um, for David Njoku with Deshaun Watson there because Deshaun Watson really hasn't had a great tight end to throw to in years previous. Um, and I'm not saying David Njoku is an incredible tight end, but I'm interested to see how they scheme that. And that's, I mean, there's just a lot of unknowns with that other entire side of this pick. Like you said, Jerry Judy should have relevance. We hope has relevance, but that is an unproven. And same for for uh, David Njoku because he's got new quarterbacks. So, and it's, I, I feel like that offense is going to, and should, I would hope Kevin Stefanski changes that offense um, for his quarterback because he has an incredible talent there. And if they use him like they used Baker Mayfield, it is not going to end well for either party. Well, so. The other thing to note about David Njoku is that he, you know, Stefanski has proven that he loves two tight end sets and that he will rotate tight ends in and out. So based on what we've seen in the past, you're not expecting Njoku to get a huge uh, majority of the target shares. Um, and as a tight end, that's tough. You know, you, you really need, in order to be a really fantasy relevant or a really lock fantasy tight end, you really have to be the guy that the quarterback's always throwing to. You don't want to have another tight end option. Uh, and Stefanski has just shown time and time again that he's not really interested in that. Um, so it's even with Deshaun Watson, there's still a lot of skepticism there with that. Yep, I agree. All right, moving on to the question from Duak. Duak. Duak, 561. He is in a... Could be Doke. That would be terrible. I hope it's not that. Doke? You hope it's Duak instead of Doke? Yeah, definitely. Or it could, okay. it could be D-Oak. Oh, it could be. Interesting. I actually think I like that one the most. D-Oak? D-Oak? Yeah, like he's got an, o- an Oak D. Oh, shit. That's kind of what I was... Kind of where I was... My mind was going. Man. An, an Oak and Wiener. An Oak and Wiener. All right, Oaken Wiener says he is in a ten-team superflex league. Are you taking Justin Jefferson or oh, and a three hundred seven or Waddle a one hundred eight and a twenty twenty-three first? And his wide receivers are Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, Godwin, Lockett, Jerry Judy, McLaurin, and a couple more people that I did not want to type in because I felt like that was where the value ended. Um. Man, man, oh man, oh man. <sighs> flip a coin. <laughs> I don't I don't say that too often, but flip a coin because there's I, I think I'm going to take the waddle side. I think I'm going to take look. I love Justin Jefferson and I think he is a phenomenal and talented wide receiver. But I think I those first round picks are extremely appealing for me, and and Jalen Waddle, I love Jalen Waddle, and I've been saying this all season, and and I think he takes a, a very very minuscule hit with Hill there, um, but I, if anything, I think it could also help him. So that's that's why I think I'm going to take Waddle on this. Yeah, especially with those picks. Yeah, because those picks, you're going to need some some stuff down the line here. And um, and hopefully both those picks hit for you, and that that helps you in the long term. So yeah, Ju- Justin Jefferson, I think will outperform Waddle. Um, there's still a little bit up in the air with Waddle with how he and Tyree Kill are going to mesh in this offense. But uh, the first round, first round picks are solid. Um, it's tough. I could, I could, I'd be happy with either one. I would, and that's why I say flip a coin. But I, I, the more that we talk about this, uh, you know, I agree with you. I think that that 
you will take a hit if you, you know, Justin Jefferson will outperform Waddle. I believe that. But if you can hit those other first round picks correctly and find value in other areas, then it might end up being worth it for you. So um, while you're slightly downgrading um, in receiver, you're you hopefully upgrade can upgrade in some other positions. Mm. So. All right, moving on. We've got a question from T Kirk 32. He is in a 12 team Superflex PPR league. Are you taking Stafford or Mac Jones and Hollywood Brown? Hmm. I think I'm going to take Mac Jones and Hollywood Brown on that one. Mac Jones is in a, a proven quarterback system with with good old Billy Belichick there. And um, and Hollywood Brown was supposed to become the wide receiver, too, for the Ravens uh, with with Bateman getting there. And he didn't. He Hollywood Brown was the wide receiver one for them. Um, he looked pretty damn good. He was a, he was a usable receiver this last year for the vast majority of his games. Um, and and I think I'm going to take Mac Jones and Hollywood on that one. Yeah. I think it also depends on what you're in a super flex league. So who's your other quarterback? Um, are, yes. are you really hurting a quarterback? Do you need someone who, you know, is going to put up a lot of numbers because then I think Stafford's the choice. Um, however, if you do have another good, if you have a good QB one or another quarterback that's comparable to a QB one, um, you know, you could take a little bit of a, uh, you know, the, the less explosive Mac Jones, but still consistent, uh, and then get the upside of Hollywood Brown. Yeah. I think I'd like to see what the rest of the team looks like, but, um, Given the fact that I, I would assume you have another decent quarterback, I would do Mac Jones and Hollywood Brown. All right. We have a question from Fly High Harambe, RIP. He asks. That is probably my favorite name out of any of our names thus far. It's solid. Dilly Wavis is close, but I'd really like Fly High Harambe. What if Dilly Wavis, that's just his God-given name? That's just what, what his parents named him. That would be incredible. And and I know Dilly's a longtime listener and a uh, follower of ours on Twitter, so I'm just gonna shout you out, shout out Dilly Wavis, love you, brother. Not a boy. And also love you, Fly High Harambe, wonderful name. <laughs> All right, he asks, are you taking Javante Williams or CMC? Do 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 do. What do you want? What are you taking? What are you doing here, Delray? I want your opinion. Mm, I think I'm taking Williams. Um, are you? It's. CMC's got better upside if he's able to stay healthy, um, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um, I'm I'm pretty down on running backs like that, that, you know, you have to spend high to get, and then they end up only playing a fraction of the games in the season. Uh, they, that, that, it's, it's a make or break kind of situation for your team because you have to spend to get them, and then they might end up not playing at all, and your team is going to be downgraded significantly as a result. So, uh, I think we have to go with the proven history here. You can't trust CMC, and if you're able to get him at a decent value, then pull the trigger, uh, but do not overspend for the guy. I uh, Okay, I like that answer, and I think I probably agree with you. The only concern that I have with Javante is Melvin Gordon coming back and stealing some of the touches, but overall, I don't think it, it trumps my fear of CMC's injury history. Yeah. So um, I think I agree with you. Yeah. Okay. Question from Jeter's Gift Basket. I feel like there's a name <laughs> or a, a story behind that name. Yes, uh, Jeter's Gift Basket. Uh, we'll we'll tell it on next episode if you'd love to share it because uh, it's a cool name as well. All right. He asks. He's in a 12-team Superflex PPR league. Are you taking Tyreek Hill or a 107, a 2023 mid to late first, and a 2024 second? I think I'm going to take the picks. I think. Yeah, I, I think there's a couple things that I'd like to know. Where's your team at? Are you contending? Do you consider yourself to be a contender? I think most teams should try and contend every year, but that's not how everybody plays this game. If you're not contending, then I would take that in a heartbeat. Um, but if you're somebody who you're, you're kind of on that cusp where you think you're going to contend, the only thing that you're going to get out of this year is the 107. So if you have other receivers that will suffice and and help carry your team, then go for it. Um, if Tyreek Hill is your centerpiece of your wide receiver core, maybe not. Yeah. Especially if you think that you could contend this year. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm taking Tyreek Hill unless I'm in a – dire situation if i uh if i know you know my team's in shambles and i need to start really focusing on the rebuild 
um, then I'll take the picks. Uh, outside of that, Tyreek Hill is you know probably not going to be a smash smash play, uh, but he is the wide receiver one on an offense that is looking really exciting. Um, so I think yep. you're going to have some you know quite a bit of upside there. Uh, but you know Tyreek Hill is moving from having you know one of the best offensive schemes and one of the best quarterbacks throwing him the ball to an unproven offense, um, and that you know, that does hit his projected value for sure. Uh, but I think I'd take Tyreek unless, you know, you are in a hardcore rebuild. Okay. All right. We have our final question here from dynasty football one, which side are you taking in a one quarterback league? Scary Terry, Deontay Johnson and a 2023 late first or Cooper cup. I am going to take, the scary Terry Deontay Johnson in the 2023 first over Cooper cup. Um, scary Terry did not do great this year. That is a hundred percent factual. He was not incredible. Um, and it, it sucked to see because he is a talent. He, he finished at wide receiver 24. So he was still a starting receiver most weeks. Um, However, I also I owned him in a league and it never felt like that. Like when I hear that he finished wide receiver 24, I'm absolutely shocked because it felt like most weeks he was like his ceiling was eight points. Um, so it was tough, but but scary Terry is a talent um, and. And Deontay Johnson is someone that I I'm actually very, very optimistic about because Deontay Johnson finished wide receiver eight with big Ben. Okay. And, and we know that big Ben, I, I really wasn't a super high supporter of him and I'm, I'm still not. Um, but big Ben could not move his legs or run or excuse me, or throw the ball more than 10 yards unless it was a straight dig into the ground. What I think is really, really interesting is this Mitch Trubisky is going to be throwing the ball there next year. Mitch Trubisky is more athletic than Big Ben. Mitch Trubisky had Allen Robinson in 2019 and in 2020 as his wide receiver one. Allen Robinson finished wide receiver 12 in both 2019 and 2020 with Mitch Trubisky under the helm there. I think, actually, I'm, I, I know <laughs> that Matt Nagy is a way shittier coach than the entire Steelers organization and what they are able to do. Mike Tomlin has a pretty good grasp as to what's going on, and he's in a he's in a very good system. Her Mitch Trubisky is walking into what I would consider to be a very good system. I'm excited about Deontay Johnson and I scary Terry. You get an an upgrade at quarterback. Is it a monumental upgrade? No, but I think it's better than what Heineke had. So you hope that if you're a scary Terry owner, he has more relevance, and then you get a 2023 late first. So I I think Cooper Cup is is an obviously he's an elite receiver. He won the triple crown this last year, but I think you're getting so much value on the other side that that's where I'm excited. Yeah, I don't know about this one. Um, it feels like this is a lot for Cooper Cup, but if Cooper Cup is able to continue to perform for the next couple of years as he did last year, you know, it's worth it. Uh, the question is, is that going to be the case? Um, I think Cooper Cup's got a really good chance to have another great season, but I think we're going to st- see a steep decline in the near future. Um, I agree. So, I don't know. It's it's tough for me because I'm, re- I'm not real high on Scary Terry with Wentz throwing him the ball. Uh, Deontay Johnson, I, I, I see the, I see what you're saying, but I still can't get over watching Mitch Trubisky suck as bad as he did for the entire time he was with that organization. And I know he took the bears to the playoffs twice. I understand that with, with a poorly run offense. It's, it's I, the, I'm, it's I'm the I'm eye test. It's the Trubisky. eye test. Mitch Trubisky looked bad. He looked bad. And I think he'll do better because you're right. He's in a better situation now. Um, but it's, it's hard for me to be really to, to put a lot of stake into his performance. Um, so I think at the end of the day, I'd probably agree with you, but I would have to think about it quite a bit before I made that before I pulled the trigger. Uh, yeah. I'm, I mean, obviously it, here's another thing to throw into the wrench is Deontay Johnson is an elite talent in his contract ends this year after 2022 with the Steelers. So he could find himself in a new home there where 
if Mitch Trubisky doesn't work out, he could go find somewhere else to play too. And he he's a t- I, I consider Deontay Johnson to be in that elite receiver category um, because he was able to put up elite receiver numbers with a shitty quarterback. And if you're a Steelers fan, I'm sorry, but Big Ben played shitty last year. And there's <laughs> there's no beating around that bush. Um, so I, I I still think Deontay Johnson is the piece that I'm most excited about in all of this. Um, but you know, you said it, and and I agree. Cooper Cup's value is never going to be as high as it is right now. It's not. So what happens if Cooper Cup finishes wide receiver ten next year? That's still great. But look at the value you could have had if you traded him right now. And obviously, we can't see into the future, or else this game would be pretty fucking stupid. Um, but fantasy football is—you have to make educated decisions and guesses, mm-hmm. and that is why this game is fun. <laughs> And that's why I think I would take the picks. Well, but I, I don't know. It depends for me how you how you summarize the question. Because really what you're looking at with Scary Terry and Deontay Johnson and the pick is you're looking at three unknowns versus a proven. The question This is true. The question that you but, have is how long is that proven gonna be proven? Yes. And I think that is that is where I would take the risk. I think the risk there is high enough for me to to, to do that. But um I don't know. We'll see. We'll see at the end of next year where Cooper Cup lands. Because that is, <laughs> so, that yeah, is Dyna- Dynasty Football One. You turn in today, next year, and <laughs> you will have your answer. I don't think he finishes. Uh, I say that. Go ahead. I would be Go surprised ahead. if say he finishes. It. No, I'm not going to say <laughs> it. I'm not going to say it. But that is all the questions we have this week, everybody. So I uh, appreciate you tuning in and listening to us ramble and speak and give some stats. Um, this was fun. This was a good time. And I'd like to do it again on Thursday. So we'll what I here. ask of you, Brainiacs, is this. If you're listening, you are now a Brainiac. If you've been listening, you are a Brainiac. And if you tell your friends about it, they're Brainiacs. If they just tune in and listen to us on whatever platform you listen to podcasts out whether that be apple or spotify or what have you if you if you're listening then you obviously made it this far however if you didn't know we're also on youtube um and we we uh that way you can see our ugly mugs as we talk um so if you'd rather listen to us on there you're more than welcome to do so the last thing that i have to ask of you wonderful brainiacs is go follow us on twitter at leather brains with the z because these are cool Go follow us on there. We will follow you back. We're always asking fantasy football questions, interacting with fans, having a good old time, doing free giveaways, all that kind of stuff. So go check us out on there. And lastly, don't forget to vote on the Smoke Show Showdown. Um, today is the last, well, today's the last day. So by the time they listen to this, it might be too late. Well, it's, cool. it's it, I think it's one day in like six hours or something. So you, you, you'll, have a, you'll have a little so, bit of time by the time you hear this. Okay. Perfect. Well, you heard Scott Del Rey. Go vote. Go check us out. We love you guys, and we are. Ah.